In this episode, we will discuss... There may be more than one way to skin a cat, especially if you're Visser 3 and the cat is Rachel. Jesus Christ. Welcome to Circle Yerk. I'm Barry. I'm Shawnee. Shawnee, may the Condrona shine on you and strengthen you. Oh, this got creepy immediately. What do we do here at Circle Yerk? Circle Yerk is an Animorphs podcast where you are reading the books. I have not read the books. You recap them to me and I remember nothing between episodes. Shawnee, I have a couple questions for you. <laughs> Again, every, every single time I just get more and more scared of this part. Well, it's going to be the same first question as last week. What is the name of the Chapman's cat? Uh, uh, fuck. <laughs> um, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We made so many jokes about it. It doesn't spent, matter. Spent so much time discussing it. It's a very memorable name. It's not Garfield. <laughs> There's a dog called Homer. Dude. There's a cat called Dude, right? You're going to be so upset with, it, with yourself when I tell you. Okay, well, let's cue that upset right now. Cat's name is Fluffer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second question, Shiny. What form did Visser 3 morph into in order to frighten Innis 226? Are you serious? Who is Innis 226? <laughs> no idea. I wish I was putting this on, but like... He morphed into a Venarx, also known as a Yerkbane. You'll remember... Was I present for the previous episode? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what is the name of the Yerk controlling Vice Principal Chapman? Ennis422. Uh, yeah, that, I, Ennis226. You're good. Uh, that was good. <laughs> I, I was wondering if your memory lapse uh, also <laughs> happened between sentences. Sometimes. Uh, you'll never get this one. What is the name of the Yerk governing body? I, I sh it should be the Interian Bog, but it's not. It is not. It's the Council of Thirteen. Mm. And why is Rachel so determined to fight the Yerks? Because I'll give you. A clue. She needs something for her college application. Give you a clue. Think Fast and Furious. Family. Family. The Yerks are not just taking over the world. They are destroying the bond between families. Yes. For the audience's benefit, but mostly for Shawnee's, here's a quick <laughs> recap. Thank God. The story so far. Cue the supernatural uh, opening scene. Carry on my wayward. Is that, that's not what we're going with? No, it is. But oh, like, okay, okay. That's something I think we could actually get in trouble for, if you can carry a tune. Oh, I cannot, so we won't. Andalite crashes on Earth, warns a group of teenagers about the Yerk invasion, gives them the ability to turn into animals to fight the Yerks. They attempt to attack the Yerk pool in an attempt to rescue Jake's brother, who is a Yerk controller, but they fail miserably. They next decide to spy on the Vice Principal Chapman, another confirmed controller. They do this by having Rachel morph into Chapman's daughter's cat, Fluffer McKitty. And Rachel makes her way into a secret communication room to spy on Chapman's communications with Visser 3. Which brings us to the present. Wow. Sounds like a fascinating tale. <laughs> All right, Dory, here we go. <laughs> Rachel explains to the rest of the team... That she learned that Visser 3 has a way of communicating directly with Chapman. She learned that Visser 3 still thinks that they're Andalites and that he really wants to capture them bad. Andalites are the good aliens. I know that. They are. See, Visser 3 knows his enemies can morph and he thinks they must be Andalites because the fact that it's a bunch of human teenagers that have morphing abilities, something that did not occur to him. Mm -hmm. And she learned the most important lesson, that she is going to stop these Yerks no matter what. Oh, I thought it was that family over everything. Well, that's why. Because <laughs> they're, they're, you know, how many families have had members uh, taken over by the, the Yerks and, and that love between 
uh, parent and child has, has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Rachel thinks about Melissa, how, how tough it must be for her. Uh, Rachel thinks about how when her parents were getting divorced, she thought that they didn't love her anymore. And of course, they did love her, but Melissa's parents actually don't love her anymore. Like, it's got to be so difficult when your parents have been taken over by these alien creatures. Imagine Mm -hmm. being in that situation. I just think it's interesting that none of these people are immediately realizing that they have Yerks or, like, they're Yerk controllers. What reason would they have to suspect? Well, because they're acting weird. People act weird. Yeah, but constantly. And they change their, like, routines because they have to go to the York pool. What's easier to believe? That someone's going through some phase or that they have an alien parasite in their head? Yeah, but adults don't usually go through phases. I don't know. Jake comes up to Rachel in school and tells Rachel to meet him at the church tower later on. Jake, we're not taking advice from you. You fucked it up in the previous book. Rachel is the leader now. Well, this is the uh, tower where they were flying around picking on rednecks in the very beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Later on, she morphs into an eagle and flies towards this church tower to meet Jake. When she gets closer, she sees Tobias flying around. He says, hey, follow me over to the mall. Oh, my God. Stop going to the mall. I know. Even when he's a bird, what's he going to do? Like, play the video games with his, like, little talons? I mean... Would he be better or worse at DDR? Um, probably worse. But the reason they're going to the mall is because the concrete and the buildings and the cars get so hot in the sun that when all that heat gets released into the air, it creates your favorite thing, Shawnee. Thermals! A thermal. Very good. They're I don't, nice, I don't, I remember that. Good job, Shawnee. I have no idea how accurate the science of thermals is here, and frankly, I don't give a damn i'm not going to look into it i'll trust kaa at her word that that's how air and parking lots work <laughs> i mean i think it's just like i get it if it's like blacktop or asphalt or whatever that but, it creates updrafts no but like it's I, like I don't know. no but it's like it'll retain a lot of heat and then heat heat like rises up right but concrete is very easily like insulates but right. does that cause updrafts again i will remain blissfully ignorant of this i don't know are updrafts a cousin of updog i'm not i'm not doing it i'm not doing it tobias casually comments on some things he misses about being a human while the two of them are flying around on the thermals they spot the others and marco makes some snarky comment about how they should get uniforms like the x-men oh my god i hate marco i kind of like marco he he grounds the books for me he's like a realistic character in his pessimism rachel reminds marco that hey this isn't a comic book this is real life and he says kind of wishes it were a comic book because in comic books characters don't die and when they do they don't stay dead for long i don't know has he read the preacher (laughs) well yeah no one stays awake doesn't everyone also come back to life in the preacher too yeah but they die right that's what he says they die or they come back i think magneto has died upwards of 30 times so far. Mm. Jake literally puts his hand over Marco's mouth to shut him up in a power move, which I love. That is not a power move. They're there to decide what they're going to do next. Marco doesn't want to do anything next. Marco hasn't wanted to do anything at any point in any of the books, on any of the pages. He thinks he should be spending time with his dad. You see, his dad is still messed up from when his mom died. As you remember, she disappeared two years ago. It's assumed she drowned, although they never found her body. And that's the main reason that Marco is opposed to fighting. Cool. Um, I love this foreshadowing where Marco's mom turns out to be Vistor 3. They, well, what do you mean Vistor 3? Vistor 3 is an Andalite. No, I know, but like, you know what I'm Vistor getting. Vistor 1. Seriously. Cassie puts a hand on Marco's arm and says, are they, ever... are they trying to get a Marco morph? Why are they touching him? <laughs> Don't ever let being an Animorph keep you from spending time with your father. We need you, but he needs you too. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, I love my dad, but if the fate of the entire human race is in the balance, that comes before his feelings. Like, if you're listening to this, Dad, sorry. I I value the continued existence of the human race over you. My apologies. 
That's savage. Charlie's going to be upset. He'll he'll take it in stride. He understands. Rachel says that she wants to go back to Chapman's house to find out where this Condrona is. Now, keep in mind, she didn't tell them everything about her last visit. She didn't mention Visser 3 ordering Chapman to kill her. Mm. Tobias, when she left, Tobias knew that something was wrong. And he privately DM Thought Speaks her. He says, (laughs) are you sure you want to go back just to spy on Chapman? Cassie gives her sort of a sideways stare and says, Rachel, you're sure nothing went wrong in there that you're not telling us about? Hmm. She's like, no, no, it's all good, guys. So Cassie did this thing where she like goes silent for a minute and then her eyes widen up for a moment and she starts to nod. And Rachel's like, motherfuckers are talking about me. Tobias is thought speaking to Cassie about Rachel. And she's like, yeah. And oh, like, my God. Brings another level to. Like, they dropped her from the group chat. Right. Exactly. Wow. So Tobias didn't exactly know what happened, but he knew Rachel was shaken. And Shawnee, oh, my God, how fucking cool would it be if we could thought speak? Could you imagine trips to the grocery store? I mean, I don't want you to have an open channel into my head. (laughs) I would never get a moment of peace. I would just be like, oh, my God, look at this cart. Is all they eat Totino's pizza rolls and orange soda? I'm very judgy at the grocery store. I mean, we all are, I think, to an extent. But I also think that you would also be like, oh, my God, they do lime-flavored popcorn now? How exciting. (laughs) And it would just be like every single, because you don't have any filter as it is. It would be worse if other people could thought speak, too, because then you'd have to hear it directly into your head. Attention, shoppers. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you could block someone. Like, could you imagine spam calls? Tobias could easily get a job in this universe just just thought speaking how he's been trying to reach people about their car's extended warranty. <laughs> Direct marketing. Yeah. That sounds terrible. I hate thought speak. Anyway, Cassie says she doesn't feel safe with Rachel going in there alone, but Rachel points out I can't exactly have two fluffers. What is this, a porn set? <laughs> I was like, what are you gonna do? Have someone turn into a flea and ride on my back? Like, it's not possible. We can't have someone else in there with me. So Cassie I mean, I think she just gave a really good example of how there could be two of them, but okay, we'll go on with what you said, Rachel. Cassie just shrugs, and Jake says, Rachel goes in one more time. Maybe we'll get lucky, and we'll get some information about the Condrona. Marco's like, when the fuck have we ever gotten lucky? <laughs> um, you know that moment in Parks and Rec where... Andy discovers that Ron is Duke Silver. Yes. And then then he promises to keep all of uh, Ron's secrets, and i.e. that fact that he's Duke Silver. Um, and then he decides that in order to, like, repent for knowing, he's going to share all of his secrets with Ron. <laughs> and he, go, he goes, like, he's like... Um, I don't know who Al Gore is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> That's how I feel every single time you say Condrona, as if I'm supposed to know what that is. I'm glad you brought that up. So as a reminder, to the listeners, of course, <laughs> Condrona is what the Yurks get their nutrients from. They need to visit the Yurk pool every three days to soak up the Kendrona rays. And if they don't, they will apparently uh, starve. I just, just a naming, naming in this is so terrible. Kendrona, Dracons, Taxons, Hork-Bajir, Sea Space, yeah. Night Ships, yeah. Fighters. I it's understand, all good. I understand that, but then it's like, what's the Antarian Bog or whatever? Like, the, it's not... The act- one thing you remember... <laughs> but it's not even a bog. Like, why is it called an Antarian bog? It's so dumb. Okay, Jerry Seinfeld. Tobias uh, DMs Rachel and he says, hey, you're not really going in there to fight the Yurks, are you? You're going in to make sure Melissa's okay. And she's like, oh my God, Tobias, shut the fuck up. Get out of my head. They should block Tobias. The next night they get together down the street from Chapman's house. It's raining a little bit. Tobias is flying around above them. But Jake's nowhere to be seen. Hmm. Has Jake turned into a flea? Has Jake turned into a flea? No. According to Marco, he was grounded. And that's why he's not there. They totally didn't do the thing that Rachel just suggested. (sighs) Rachel is nervous to go in without Jake there. 
But she says, you know, it makes sense. Sometimes the crew will be split up, even though Jake is totally grounded and not a flea. That, you know, sometimes they just need to deal and roll with the punches. Meanwhile, Cassie has some sly look on her face. Tobias is apparently talking to her again. It starts to rain a little harder, and Rachel morphs into Fluffer. Melissa leans down next to her and strokes Rachel's back, telling her to be careful. And just really keeps her hand... On Rachel's back there. For why, are they, she smirks. why are totally they? Totally not suspicious. What? Not suspicious. Rachel is the smart one here who actually has a plan and has some kind of a strategy here. And then these four knuckleheads are like trying to outwit her. To be fair, her strategy is, to be fair. hey, that, that place where I went to last time where they were like, oh, if we ever see her again, let's kill her. Her plan is to go back to that space alone. So I kind of understand that. Yeah, but what is Jake going to do as a flea? Well, we'll find out. Not that he is a flea, of course. He's grounded. I don't know why you're saying that. That was just a hypothetical. Oh, my God. Can, can, you, can we just get to the point where Jake is a flea and has to save Rachel? He's grounded. What are you talking about? He's, he's, he's not. No. He's totally <laughs> at his house, not in this scene. Anyway, I'm about Rachel, to. No, no. Rachel is the Chapman's house. I'm, on a, I'm about to ground you. She... Decides to come back the same time of day as the last time she was there, just in case Chapman and Visser communicate on a regular schedule. And sure enough, Chapman does. Oh, they have a daily stand-up. I get it. He uh, gets up and walks back towards the basement. Now, again, we've seen the team do some dumb shit up until this point, but this is probably the dumbest. As I mentioned, last time they saw a cat, Visser 3 was like, kill it, kill it now, because it might be an Andalite. If she gets caught in their secret communication hideout a second time, that's it. She's she's dead, and she's just going. She figures that as long as she can get in the room without actually being seen, she could hide under the desk, and neither Visser or Chapman would even know she's there. A couple points. Yes. Bold of her to assume that they don't have like some hypersense that would not detect other live beings around them. Which then would also make it so that, like, if they can detect, then they would detect two, since it's going to be Rachel and Jake. And do you think that if you are a human who's morphed into a cat, it's going to be more difficult to kill you than just to kill you if you were, if it was just a cat? Well, it's it's dumb of her to put herself in this situation where she is, like, almost certainly going to be found and killed. I know, but I'm asking these theoretical questions that have, like, a lot of, like, metaphysical intrigue. Okay, so as for your first point, there is a, like, hand scanner on the door that Chapman has to pass to go through. And I also don't think that, like, for as much as Star Trek likes to, like, likes to scan for life signs, I don't think that's a thing. Like, you could have heat signatures, but there is no, like, bioenergy that you could just be like, there are two life forms in here now. I don't think that's a thing that exists. But again, okay, it's, but it's Andalites, a, Andalites, and Dracon beams, and Yurk pools. <laughs> yeah, the the blue box that lets you. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Come Fair on enough. now. Fair enough. Life form detectors. It is. So she's staying right behind Chapman, aka Ennis two two six, as he goes down the stairs, hoping that if she stays close enough, he won't notice her. She's trying to be silent, follow him carefully, stay focused, but all of a sudden she's here to vo- she hears a voice. What's happening, Rachel? She freezes. Shawnee, it's Jake! He was a flea on her back the whole time. God, I wish the listeners can see you rolling your eyes right now. I'm oh my god. Something. I never saw this coming. <laughs> I am completely shocked at this development in the plot. Uh, she's like, shut up, Jake, I'm trying to focus. Chapman opens the door. She bolts for the desk when he's not looking, hides underneath it, and tries to go without being seen. Hmm. Jake's like, hey, Rach, can you hear me? She responds like, where the hell are you? You scared the shit out of me. You know what I would do if I was Rachel? I would fucking eat Jake as a snack. I'd be so annoyed. Yeah, yeah. He he put her at even more risk. Right. Because like, what if she did like the, the like the scared cat noise of like right? Oh, right. oh my god, that was not a cat noise. But you know what I'm it getting. Was also, at. probably not going to be great for an audio <laughs> format. So Jake's like, "Are we okay?" She says, "What do you mean we? Where are you?" He says, "Well, I'm I'm on top of you. I morphed into a flea." 
Rachel's still trying to focus on staying away from Chapman's feet and process the fact that Jake is, like, riding her. Uh, he explains that he's on her back. He sounds really calm. He's not freaking out like he was when he was a lizard or like Rachel was when he was the shrew. <gasps> Incredible idea. Yes. A flea circus, but with morphed fleas. What if it could be like, oh my god, the fleas are doing trigonometry. People would buy tickets to see that. Uh, fuck buying tickets with that kind of act. You can go on Letterman. <laughs> fuck. But he explains to her he has no sense of sight. He can only sense motion a little bit. And he can sense what's warm and not warm. He has a, a really limited set of senses and that's because the flea's mind is so limited that it turns out that it's easy to control unlike the shrew or the lizard that had more developed minds since fleas are so stupid he's not having a hard time with it and this is something that you brought up last episode like is it just harder to control small things and it turns out here the answer is no it's not about the size of the thing it's about how how complicated its mind is or how strong its instincts are. Yeah, but didn't, like, their second morphs were, like, a gorilla and a horse, and they had no problem with that. Right. So that's, like, little dumb. No, 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 because things, those, they have, like, more developed minds, but they're, I guess, I guess they're, they're smarter, they're more intelligent. I guess it's just certain things are more adaptable to being morphed with a human mind, and that's either something that's kind of... Well, that's not consistent across it the is, books. It is. Either something whose mind is a little organized like ours is, or something that's completely fucking dumb that our minds can just take over. But something that is incredibly instinct-driven is going to be harder to control. I disagree with this logic, but go on. I would disagree as well, but then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> So this was Marco and Cassie's plan all along. When Cassie was petting her, she was placing Jake on her back. Oh my god, thank you for this recap. I couldn't figure out what was happening when you explained that the first time. So the hologram starts up uh, from last time. Remember, we had this device where it shows the form mm -hmm. of Visser 3. And she tells Jake, just shut the fuck up. Don't distract me. I need to focus right now. I need to listen. And I'm right next to Chapman's feet. Mm-hmm. Jake's like, oh, it doesn't matter if he sees you. He just thinks you're a cat, right? <sighs> Rachel's like, oh, about that. She comes clean. She tells him what happened last time when they caught her, how Visser wanted to kill her right away. And Jake uh, freaks the fuck out at her. Remind me, why is Jake there again? He's not helpful. Well, couldn't hurt to have some backup. Worst case scenario, he could jump off, morph into a human, and... Then there'd be two humans fighting instead of one. Then there'd be two humans dying. Two teenagers, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, it's good to have someone to have your back or be on your back, literally. Hey. A hologram comes on. The Yerks greet each other again in their incredibly polite manner. And Chapman gives them a report. He talks about uh, their recruitment program at the sharing, uh, other things, security. But Fister 3 does not want to hear it. He is only interested in... In catching these Andalite bandits. <laughs> and Abandas. Chapman's like, uh, what the fuck do you want me to do about this? Okay, so it seems like Chapman has a really busy schedule as being the head honcho of the year controllers. And being a vice principal. Yeah, like what's going on with the school? Yeah, Visser's asking a lot of him. Uh, but Visser mentions, well, the... Creatures that attack the Yerk pool were Earth animals, and such animals are rare on this part of the planet. I don't know. Maybe figure out where they got these morphs from. Honestly, that's that's pretty smart. That is pretty smart. Yeah. Like, oh, that would lead them to the zoo. The zoo, which would yeah. He also says that meanwhile they need more guards to guard the Yerk pool since they were attacked by these quote unquote Andalites. Maybe put the Yurk pool somewhere a little bit more secret and not, like, in a public place like the high school. No, no, it's under the city. Remember, it's the giant domed cavern. There was one entrance leading from the high school, but that entrance has been sealed. And oh. It's not there anymore. Oh, I thought that was the only entrance. No, no, no. When they looked, they saw dozens of stairways leading oh, got up, it, and got they it, don't got know it. how to get back down. 
Jake's asking her what, what's going on. Rachel's explaining, and Chapman hits her with her foot. Meow. Chapman jumps up. Vicious Three's like, holy shit, what the fuck? Chapman, Chapman's like, oh no, it's the cat. Vicious Three's like, well, hey, at least now we know for sure this is definitely an Andalite, right? Like, there's no way right. that this, this this is an Andalite. But it is also conceivably the cat that just lives in the house. Not at this point. The first time, maybe. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. But... Wait, fool me once, shame on you? I get why Bush had a hard time with that phrase. <laughs> I, you know what? It is a tough one. Can't get fooled again. But the second time when he's like looking around, making sure there's no cat there. No, it's it's clearly. Yeah. Okay. So Rachel says, uh, Jake, we're busted. Chapman's like, well, you want me to kill it now? This is like, no, and no. And that don't is that. how this series ended. This yeah. <laughs> says, no, don't do that. That would fuck up the plot of the book. <laughs> Capture it quickly before it could morph back into an Andalite, and I'll torture it and find out where all the other Andalites are. Have they checked them all? <laughs> Rachel and Chapman get into a little scuffle. She scratches at him, he starts bleeding, but naturally he comes out on top. The cat's not going to be able to, to kill a person no matter how Yeah, thanks for helping, Jake. Well, Visa 3 this whole time is just like, Man, cats are so cool. Look at it fighting. <laughs> Hold up this magnificent beast so I can see it. <laughs> what the fuck? This is like, bring it to the landing site. I'll come to collect it. Oh, and bring that girl, too. What girl? Melissa. Oh. This says, yeah, we have a yerk. It's just ready for her. Now obey me or meet the Venarks. <laughs> Again, very, like, drama kid, uh, vibes with Visser 3. Yeah. Chapman grabs a Dracon gun, points it at Rachel. Rachel's still trying to deal with what's going on around her and tell Jake what's happening. Chapman yells up, hey honey, I captured an Andalite. Uh, would you bring the pet carrier down, please? <laughs> I, guess, I guess everyone in the house is just ear controllers, huh? Well, we knew that Mrs. Chapman was a ear controller from last okay. time. For the listeners. For the listeners. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Chapman gets the cage, they put her in, they're on the way to the car, and he says, now, go and get the girl. Go get the girl. Mrs. Chapman looks on with a mixture of awe and horror, and she comments to herself, host rebellion? <gasps> As her left hand comes up and bitch slaps herself in the face. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now Ennis226 is yelling, stop it, Chapman. Stop it or I will break you and leave you a hollowed out shell. No host has ever succeeded in rebelling. There's no point. But now he just starts twitching and flopping around on the ground. He can't even stand up. Mrs. Chapman, meanwhile, is over there choking herself with her hand. What sucks is Rachel is in the cat carrier at this point. She could have used this moment to escape, but she's locked in yep. with Jake. She's trying to tell Jake everything that's happening, which sounds pretty hilarious. And both Jake and Rachel are surprised and kind of impressed that the hosts are even able to fight back like this. See, Jake is now in the cat carrier. Yes. Could theoretically escape since he's so little. Yes, he could. But they realize that the reason that they're able to fight so strongly family oh my god they're fighting for melissa unfortunately in front of them isn't melissa kind of a bitch so like is it really worth it though i didn't get that vibe but honestly even if melissa is like she can she, whatever with her home life she, she gets away with whatever she wants she, okay she, she's she's going through a lot of shit right now she's having a tough semester to say <laughs> the least okay. so she gets a pass unfortunately they can see both of the yurks starting to reinforce uh, their dominance and control over the Chapmans. And it's 226 says that the Chapmans are finally subdued, but in a few days, they might have enough strength to try again. And that kind of thing is going to compromise his cover. Like if he starts having a PTA meeting or something and the <laughs> Chapman starts to have a freak out, it's going to be difficult for him. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to explain. Just then, Melissa... Walks down the stairs and says, Dad, what are you doing? Everything okay? Rachel is praying that she did not see or hear anything about these yurks. Because if she did, there's no hope for her. If, yeah. If she has no plausible deniability, she's fucked. And she sees the crate and says, Daddy, is Fluffer in there? 
and sees her dad all bloody and scratched. Rachel makes a decision, and she thought speaks as loud as she can to Tobias. Tobias, if you can hear me, we need Fluffer right now. Jake is still on her back, like, hey, what's going on? Jake, like, he seems almost high. Like, it's really weird. You know what Jake is? Jake is one of those, like, turtles surfing the wave from Finding Nemo. Yes. just like, cool, bro. So Melissa's crying, Daddy, Daddy, don't take Fluffer. And just then... Fluffer appears. The real Fluffer starts running towards them. Melissa's confused. She's like, oh, Fluffer? Wait, how did Tobias get Fluffer? Like, he, he like, he grabbed, grabbed her. her? Yeah, grabbed her, put her down, and scared the shit out of her. <laughs> okay. Chapman's like, why, no, no, that's not Fluffer in the cage. That's some stray that got into the house. I don't know why, in my voice, Chapman is uh, Principal Skinner from The Simpsons, but it works so well. <laughs> why, why, no, uh, that's not the cat at all. <laughs> It's Aurora Borealis, mother. Anyway, Rachel is relieved that Melissa is safe for now as the car with the Chapmans and the cat carrier starts taking off. Rachel tells Jake everything that's going on because, again, Jake has no sense other than where's the warm, tasty blood. Yeah, it's also like he's no help and he's distracting Rachel because he's constantly going, what's going on? What's going on? And Rachel's like, I'm trying to stay alive, you motherfucker. And... She tells Jake what she realizes is that the only hope for her friends, nay, humanity, is for her to stay in cat mode. That way, quote, no matter how much they torture me, they'll never find out about the rest of you. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. She's now thinking, well, I guess I've got to be tortured and killed as a cat. Or live as a cat forever. Well, she's not going to live. They're going to fucking torture and kill her. No, I know. But, like, the other option, like, if she does live, like, she's going to get stuck as Fluffer. Yeah, but she's not going to live. Like, clearly, Visitor 3 is going to cut her up. This is a children's book. I was going to say, this is a a children's book. This this is a children's book again? Okay, got it, got it, got it. The car stops at the landing site, which, Shawnee, you might remember. Absolutely not. As the construction site. Oh, the pit? Where it all started. We've come full circle. She starts scratching and demands that Jake jump off, save himself. Chapman slash in his 226 takes the carrier out of the car and says, It's time to meet Visser 3. Boom, boom, boom. I know that during the previous episodes you were complaining that it didn't seem like much was going on. Like in the first book there was all that action, but in this book they're like flying around a bit, fucking around with some rednecks dicking around with some shrews. I feel like now we finally get some payoff. Rachel is trapped by the Yurks and about to be face-to-face with Visser 3. She is powerless. This is some intense shit. Mm-hmm. Rachel shudders as she thinks about what Visser 3 might do to her. And she is determined that Jake not get trapped alongside her. She just starts shaking and scratches and tells him to get off. She looks out of the carrier and she sees the very spot where the Andalite gave them the power to morph. Mm. The same spot where he was then torn apart by Visser Three, who she is about to face as a cat. Uh-oh. Jake tells Rachel to be strong, and he tells her he's jumping off. <laughs> he's such a motherfucker. <laughs> Later. Bye. Have fun getting ripped to pieces. Well, doesn't make sense. Oh, look at the time. I got it. Mm. Oh, shit. Um... But, hey, listen, I'd stay, but... I can leave, so... Uh, Piss! But Rachel did feel a sense of relief knowing that Jake would at least be safe. Oh, my God! Just then... What sorry, a bummer. What's up? What's up? Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> at least only one of us is going to get tortured to death as a cat. Well, it should have been Jake. That should have been Jake. It should have been Tobias. I would also take Barco. Do we like any of the Animorphs? Not really. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? Right now, honestly, for me, it's Visser 3. <laughs> um, that plan, when Chapman's like, what am I going to do with Visser? And he's like, uh, check the zoo, dumbass. They clear, like, he's, he's yeah. competent. <laughs> well, that's not a high bar. Um, I think I like him. Um, I like Tom, because I feel like there's a lot of potential there. 
Yeah. With the rest of them, I'm just kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah, they don't mesh very well. No, they don't even seem to like each other. Rachel looks out of the crate just as two bug fighters and Visser 3's blade ship descend down onto the construction site. She noticed that Chapman is scared, too. She actually found herself hoping that Visser 3 would turn into the Venarks, a.k.a. the Yerkbane, and suck out Innis-226 so that at least Chapman could experience a brief moment of freedom before death. <laughs> this is a children's this book. This is a children's book. <laughs> Jesus. Visser 3. Do you think it came with coupons for therapy? Like little box tops? That's collect a, collect a hundred? Before, I have a theory that when kids were reading this, they were like, oh, I hope my parents don't find out how fucking cool this is. Oh, yeah, maybe. No way if any adult read this that this would have been allowed in my Catholic school's book fair. Yeah, but they also didn't allow many other things. True. <laughs> Harry Potter? I mean, uh, no, I, no, I was he, way before. I was going to say, you're too old for that to have been banned at your school. <laughs> this or three exits <laughs> his ship and starts to approach. He is accompanied by Hork Bajirs holding Dracon beams and several taxons. Wait, have we gotten a physical description of the Hork Bajirs? Yeah, remember they are... No. Um, thank you. As tall as trees, their legs are like tree stumps. Oh, they're the giant... Like oh, oh, they're, they're <laughs> no, the ants. They're the ants. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, they, well, they are green, but they are uh, the ones that have... They're covered in blade horns. Okay. So just sharp blades all over them. Head kind of like, like a big goose neck with a beak. On the end, and three horns coming out of okay. Their head. So like swan dragons. I imagine. Okay, imagine if the top above their neck is like a swan with a green swan with three horns. Yeah, and below the neck is like a Warhammer forty k like ultramarine, but covered in like you. Really? That is that that is the description that you decided to go with to make things more clear? Well, this is pretty grim and dark. Just, no. Just okay. blades all over the body with a gooseneck with horns. Knife block. Blades. Just Got it. Blades. Horkbajir blades. They have dracon beams. There are several taxons. Would you love a description of the taxon? I'd love to describe the taxons to you. Please don't. Visser 3 puts his face right up to the crate and says, Not so brave now, are you, Andalite? Ooh. This is pretty intense. Visser 3 starts talking to Rachel, egging her on, but she refuses to speak back to him. You see, she's afraid that her thought speak might give her away as being a human, and that would put her friends in danger. And Rachel again tells herself in order to keep her friends and the world safe, she needs to stay as a cat as she's being tortured and can't speak. What if she tries to meow as a cat and her accent's not quite right? Yeah. And it gives her away? I also think Visser 3 would be, like, desperate to get a cat morph because he thinks they're so cool. He'd be like, <laughs> fuck Antarian Boggs. Look at me. I'm a pretty kitty. <laughs> Visser 3 turns to Chapman and says, where is the girl? I promised her to Innis 455. Chapman's like, well, about that. Mm -hmm. You see, Visser's fucking pissed. This is not an alien that is used to being disobeyed. Mm. And his 226 explains to him, No, 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 listen. If we bring Melissa, my host will rebel. He'll start twitching and shaking at the wrong time, and the humans might take it for some sign of mental illness, which would make me of no use to you, Visser. Visser's like, You're not really of any use to me now to be. <laughs> okay, I take it back. I like Visser 3 the best. Yeah. And then there's a pause, and Innis226 says, Visser, Chapman, my host, would like to have a word with you. <gasps> what? Did not fucking see that coming. Yeah. Cool. This is, and if you think about it, this is our first time really meeting Chapman Chapman. Right. Visser3 says he will allow the human to address him. In the meantime... How magnanimous. 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 Madamina. Are we going to get sued for that one, too? Probably. Yeah, they could have the uh, <coughs> the $7 in my pocket. 
Rachel looks out of her crate and she thinks she saw some movement behind one of the ships. But that's probably nothing. Maybe just some hork bajiers or something. Oh my god. Probably nothing. It's the definitely Jake. It's, it's about as subtle as a fart in church. <laughs> what? Chapman suddenly collapses and he says, Fisser, we had a deal. I never wanted to join you. My wife did. <gasps> but I said no. And then my wife, and he starts crying. He says, my wife, who was no longer my wife, she was one of your creatures. She threatened to give you my daughter. I forgave her. She was weak, and you feed on weakness. I agreed to be a host, to surrender my freedom. I only agreed if you would spare my daughter. What is happening? That's some fucking love. Oh, I would immediately just murder you. <laughs> yeah, I don't have this kind yeah. of devotion. Like, wow. I love you, but like, you like, know. Take all of my my autonomy Yeah. to save my daughter? Wow, man. I was going to say, actually, like, your situation is not that different. What's that now? Your situation right now is not that different. You don't really get to make any decisions in this <laughs> in this marriage either, so. Yeah. Thank you for allowing this. <laughs> yeah. Chapman looks at Visser and says... The girl is no threat to you, but I am. If you harm my daughter, I will fight you. And if you don't believe me, just ask your buddy in his 226 how hard I'll fight for my daughter. He'll tell you. And then he collapses again. This is interesting because it's like, what's the... I understand that he's trying to make a threat, but wouldn't it be better for them to like get kind of close to Melissa and then fuck shit up without telling them like giving away the plan you know I don't understand what what so because they're so Visser 3 is trying to get Melissa right right so I mean everybody but yeah Melissa yeah. right but in this case three Melissa four, five, five, right right so wouldn't it be better from Chapman's point of view to know that if Visser 3 or anyone tries to harm Melissa his desire to save Melissa is so strong that he can actually like break from his Yerk controller form to take over. Well, he can't take over. He can twitch a bit. Okay, but like... He can make him slightly inconvenienced for a few minutes. But we haven't explored the depths of that devotion. Right, right. Clearly, it's very strong, so you wouldn't think that he'd be able to, like... Right, but it sounds like you're asking why he isn't doing the thing that he's currently doing right now. No, but now he's telling. Like, just do it without t- giving the plan away. And, like, you've, he, you've, he's just lost the element of surprises. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't see how it would make sense for him to just <laughs> fuck with Visser, because then Visser could just get pissed off and kill him and Melissa. It makes sense for him to play along. If it guarantees Melissa's safety... Yeah, except that now... We don't know how large the Yerk's grasp is. So if I was Visser 3, you know what I would do immediately? I would just kill Melissa immediately. Do you have enough controllers to be able to to do something like that? And then, okay, now, now Melissa's missing. Now there's an investigation. Now Chapman's wrapped up in that investigation. It, it's just... It seems like a lot of work. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So... Rachel glances at Chapman's watch. She only has 17 minutes left until she reaches the two-hour mark. Uh-oh. So she's like, well, I guess this is how I go. Innes is like... She's very level-headed. Innes226 is like, you should listen to Chapman. I'm more of use with a voluntary host. Fister's mm. like, fine. <laughs> Chapman gets in his car and takes off. Melissa, safe for the time being. And Visser 3 starts carrying the crate containing Rachel back to the ship, probably thinking, God, this cat's so fucking cool. <laughs> Rachel hears a voice in her head. So what's happening now? It's Jake! I'm gonna He's fucking kill- He's on her back! He didn't jump off after all! It was all a ruse! He heard everything Visser 3 said, but remember, he still can't see what's happening. So Rachel explains that they're about to board Visser 3's ship and they only have 17 minutes left. Jake says, actually, 
He's probably only got about 12 minutes left since he morphed first. He's so useless. But he says, don't worry, backup has arrived. You see, the others had a plan this whole time. The plan was for Tobias to follow them if they left the house and then lead the others to where they ended up. Just then, one of the earth movers on the construction site starts up and Jake says, now it's time for him to join the fight. He says he's going to jump out of the crate and try a quick double morph. What's a double morph? I don't know, but I can't fucking wait to find out. Sounds like a sex position. I'm, at this moment in the book, I'm reading it, I'm like, please be a chimera. Please be a half and half. I really hope he turns into an earth mover. That would be hard to acquire earth mover DNA, but the earth mover is now starting towards the blade ship. We have Dracon beams. I think you can get earth mover DNA. Why are you such a, such a skeptic? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Jake is in a corner inside the ship, just inside the doorway, starting to grow from a flea to a human, and it is probably really fucking gross. <laughs> then he also starts to be covered in orange and black stripes. Ooh, Tigger! Just then a hork shoots a Dracon beam at the Earth Mover. While they're distracted, Rachel try something smart for the first time in the book. You see, she can't morph back into a human right now because the cage would crush her, but she doesn't need to be fully human. She starts to morph into a human, but then stops her concentration partial way through the morph. So she's still kind of small. She's like a cat-human hybrid. And she has human hands and she opens she the latch. She has little teeny human fingers just big enough to open the cage Visser 3 turns around just in time to have a giant fucking tiger lunge at him. Mm. This is awesome. Jake swipes at Visser 3, cuts his side open, Rachel morphs back into a full cat, and they run. Mm. hork running after Rachel. The ground starts rumbling. She needs a way to get away because she needs to morph back into a human as quickly as possible or she's going to be stuck a cat for good. Yeah. Luckily, she sees a small hole in a wall that she can dart through to get away where the Hork-Bajirs won't be able to follow her. Wait, what wall? I... And the construction site. Okay. That's like one of the main features of construction sites. No. There are walls. I understand that, but it's like, if it's unfinished, you would think that it wouldn't be that difficult to, like, disappear or that, like, there would be so many walls, I guess. Yeah, what Hork-Bajirs are running after you, who knows? Well, I've never personally had that happen, so I can't speak from personal experience, so I'm just speculating here. She dives into this area where there's a concrete floor like two or three feet above her head, and she's safe. hork can't get in. Visser 3 can't reach her. She has enough room to start morphing back into a human. Nothing can possibly go wrong now. Oh my god, they have Dracon beams. They're going to destroy the whole concrete building. Oh, it's even worse. There are crashes all around her as these pillars of rock start coming up through the concrete around her. And how big were these pillars of rock, Shawnee? Are they the size of a mall or a football stadium? Well, you're close. A little smaller. What's smaller than a mall or football stadium? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Tree trunks. Oh my, seriously? Yes, obviously. I'm so sorry. I forgot that the uh, Antarian bog measurement system. <laughs> Pillars of stone come out of the ground. The concrete is lifted off of her and she looks and she sees that she is now being held up in the palm of a beast that looks like it is made entirely of living rock. So it's like a golem? Like a golem with a teeny little head. Visser 3 says, you're not going to get away that easily. He's 20 feet tall with three legs the size of? Tree trunks. Redwood trees. But then he's not 20 feet tall. Stop making sense while we're podcasting. <laughs> he casually tears up the concrete and she's just this little kitty cat. It feels hopeless. Visser 3 tries to capture her. She's running away. He almost has her. But then there's a loud explosion behind Visser 3. Why didn't the golem concrete tree trunk man just go squish 
and no more Rachel. Because he could have killed her easily. He doesn't want to kill her. That's not the point. He wants to torture her to find out where the other quote unquote Andalites are hiding. <sighs> this Huge is, explosion. This is very inefficient. I'm very stressed out about this. Release the unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism. Yeah, seriously. Huge explosion distracts Visser 3. He turns around like, what? It was one of the Earth Movers driving into one of the bug fighters. Which explodes. Please tell me Marco's finally doing something useful. Right? Rachel uses this moment to make her escape. She has no choice. Wait, she just jumps from the hand from like the redwood tree height golem hand. Oh, oh it's worse than it sounds. Is you this see... is this where she just throws away one of Fluffer's nine lives casually without consulting the owner of said lives? It's... This is it's worse Rude. than it seems because below her is nothing but twisted concrete and rusted metal. Uh, it's just sharp, jagged objects. But it's either stay in Viscera's hand or just take this jump of blind faith. Okay, well, here's the thing. Does she have a flying morph? She has one, right? Does she have enough time to morph before she hits the ground? Probably not. Probably not. But also, so does, your, does your morph clock reset when you go from one morph to another or do you have to like go through the starting point in monopoly and collect two hundred dollars and turn yes, into human I think that's what the double morph was i think that's why jake went from fleet human to mm. tiger in fact i don't know if it's even possible at this point to morph from one animal directly to another without hitting reset and becoming a human first. Oh, okay. But she... See, I'm just trying to make this more efficient. Yeah. She cannot morph into a bird, but you know who can morph into a bird? Tobias. Tobias. You see, as the ground is rushing up towards her, it suddenly starts to recede away as she feels a small pain in her back from one of Tobias's claws. He's got her. Tobias to the rescue. He's like, hey, how you shut the fuck up, Tobias. We need to hurry. <laughs> I need to turn back into a human right now. I have no time. Yeah, Tobias, I don't want to be a fucking loser who's stuck as an animal for the rest of my goddamn life. Let me down. Yeah, all right. That would suck. I mean, oh, sorry. He drops her off uh, in a nearby group of trees, and she starts to morph back even before she hits the ground. She turns around to see Visser 3 in the distance going off on a rampage. He is so pissed, not only did the Andalite escape and one of his bug fighters has been destroyed, he's just crushing hork and taxons in an angry temper tantrum. She asks Tobias, what about Jake and the others? Tobias says they're fine. See, since Jake, to answer your question, spent that moment as a human before morphing into a tiger, he reset the clock. Mm. Cassie and Marco, they're doing fine as well. Yeah, why didn't the hork go after Marco if Marco was using the Earth Mover? Who's saying they didn't? Well, apparently not, because Marco is fine. You'd think that Visser 3 would be able to kill Marco with just... Hey, this is a Rachel POV book. Don't, don't know. Oh, God. I don't like unreliable narrators. The next day, Melissa Chapman opens her locker and takes out a note that someone typed up on a word processor for her. <laughs> it reads thus, Melissa... Your father loves you more than you will ever know, and more than he can show you. Signed, someone who knows. What? Do you think it was on, like, a dot matrix printer paper? Oh, it had to be, yeah. <laughs> Not only was this monumentally stupid, but it's also kind of pointless. Like, not only is nothing going to actually change in her home life, but now she's going to think she has some weird, creepy stalker. Yeah, but it like it's she doesn't know that her father is a controller. No, but like someone wrote her a paper saying your father loves you. Okay, that's great, but like if he's still acting like this, that paper's meaningless. Mm-hmm. More than words, as the song goes. A few days later, Rachel meets up with the rest of the team. They're feeling pretty good. They took down a bug fighter. They made uh, Visa Three uh, feel not so hot, and most importantly, they all came out alive. And. Since the ending of the last book was so good, they decided to just cut and paste. <laughs> Rachel says, next time, Will. And Marco interrupts and says, next time? What do you mean next time? 
And Tobias says, there will be a next time. We need to keep fighting until the Andalites return. <laughs> and that is the end of book two. Wow. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but I'm just like incredibly frustrated with these characters. <laughs> they're just dumb. Like, I get that they're teenagers and I think that they're like trying to save save the world, but... How can you relate to... I, I know what it's like being a teenager trying to save the world. You know, I get it. I've been there, done that. No, that's not what I mean. I, it's, I understand that they have a significant responsibility and they are facing unknown evil. But, oh my god, Marco's so annoying. Jake is so annoying. Rachel is the only one who's got any kind of a strategic mind you cassie know, I, is like really barely liked, a character that was that was my favorite thing about cassie in this book that she's not there yes <laughs> one interesting theme in this book was that of deception you know rachel her relationship with her sister when her sister in our last episode as i'm sure you remember but for the listeners <laughs> i'll remind them that the her sister was like, oh, you could trust me if there's anything going on. And she's like, no, I, I can't. I can't be honest with anyone except her fellow Animorphs. Yeah, but who, she wasn't honest with them either. Not honest with. Yeah. Um, she's not honest with her friends. They're not honest with her when they plant Jake on her. This um, is just, it, you can't be saving the world. Also, like, it, your family. You have to be honest with. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't be honest with, with Melissa. Um, and all this. You know, this whole theme of lying to someone to protect them uh, kind of leads me to my, my media recommendation for the week. Literally uh, any romance book with miscommunication trope. Well, it was actually <laughs> specifically uh, an anime series I was going to recommend, but then I realized um, by recommending it and mentioning that it's about lying to someone uh, to protect them, that I would then be spoiling the anime <laughs> that I'm recommending. So my recommendation is the anime that I'm thinking of that I'm not going to say what it is, but if you know, you know. <laughs> I also think that this is just good writing. I think it would have been easy for a lazier writer to just have them come up with a plan together and execute it together like a team. And this notion of them going behind each other's backs and not being honest adds an extra layer of depth, which I've learned how to pronounce, mm -hmm. and complexity that I I really personally enjoy. Yeah, fuck, you're right. <laughs> I don't want to give any like credit to these books, really, but that is that is absolutely true. It is it, it would be the easy way to go. Like, all right, we're all going to work together and take down the like the these, evils. These characters are real, and even the things you don't like about them make like like. You know, Joffrey from Game of Thrones, the fact that we all hate him as much as we do goes to show that that character was written and acted incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. that's that's true. Well, that's the end of book two. Join us next week when we start the third book of the Animorph series. Uh, spoiler alert, I uh, fucking hated it. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, whose POV is it? Give us a teaser. No. <sighs> oh, wait, you won't remember. It's Tobias. Um, oh, my God. It's going to be terrible. It is not not in the way you think. Okay. How do you think it's going to be terrible? I hate Tobias, and I don't want to hear, hear him talk. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> Shawnee, I know it is one of your pet peeves when uh, podcasters uh, peel back the curtain and, and, and you get to see the wizard. Uh, but I just want to let our listeners know... That we are uh, delaying kind of the, the time between when we record and release a podcast. Just so we have a little back catalog built up in case something happens and we're not able to record for a while. Um, so I haven't really addressed anything that uh, anyone has uh, mailed into us or, or commented on uh, up, up until this point. That's because uh, at the point of recording this, those things don't actually exist yet. Um, so I don't want people to think that if they are sending us anything that it is not being read, uh, hopefully starting next week, I will be able to uh, address uh, listeners' uh, comments and questions uh, in the podcast. And I want to 
thank everyone who has sent us anything and encourage people to continue to reach out to us at circleyerk at gmail.com. You could comment on the thread when it's released in r slash animorphs uh, for any comments or suggestions for the podcast. But please, please, no spoilers. I can't wait until we get to the end of book five so i can tell you the thing that i had spoiled on me <laughs> you can check out circleyerk.ninja for a list of episodes uh amazing pictures of shiny's reactions our uh animorph uh dream board and other information and i'd like to also again give special thanks to benedict cupstis for our theme song please check him out at fieldguides.bandcamp.com shiny anything you want to add before i take us out we are also on Instagram at Circle York. Awesome. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.